On the mythic level, we're all on our own hero's journey. But some of us don't just get to face dragons or attempt to conquer the obstacles that life throws our way. Especially if we are at all empathic, intuitive, or sensitive to the subtler layers of reality, there's often an even more humbling and harrowing version of the hero's journey that our souls sign up for. And that, as we will be discussing in today's podcast, and most likely in every episode to come, is what I call the healer's journey. episode of Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine. I'm your host, Amanda Lux, and in this podcast, I will be sharing interviews and inviting other individuals on their healer's journey to share a dream using the Elemental Dreamwork model. This model involves interpreting dreams through the lens of polarity therapy, which is a holistic, somatic, or body-based form of energy work that works with the chakra system elementally. As a board-certified polarity therapist and registered polarity educator, I will be offering teachings and musings around energy medicine, as well as poetry and songs and who knows, it'll be fun. But in this first episode, I want to give you a brief introduction to what elemental dream work is all about through the process of sharing a dream that I had last night. Yeah. And just for fair warning, it also was a bit of a nightmare, so it might be a little bit explicit. But before I dive into the nitty gritty juicy parts, I just wanted to begin with a little bit of context for both the dream and also myself by sharing a little bit about my own healer's journey and why I'm here sharing this sacred work with you in this way. classroom and there were kids screaming throwing chairs and I was terrified I had no voice I had no comprehension of how to control the room while my teacher was out in the hallway crying on this particular day I believe my teacher asked a little bit more of me than I was capable of delivering I was great at holding space one-on-one, even for people who were decades older than me, but 
when it came to being up there in front of all of those people, it kind of ruined me a little bit. <laughs> it kind of ruined me for ever being able to speak in public again without feeling that terror, that same terror as though I was back in that classroom or being burned at the stake or something. It was, it was just, it completely, uh, it stayed with me and, you know, it's still here, but it was, you know, part of my initiation. And I know that I was a really sensitive kid. I knew, I knew that I was capable of holding space for people in ways that other people didn't. And this brought upon me all kinds of interesting experiences <laughs> where I had babysitters and teachers and random strangers and animals and places and spirits coming to me all the time for support. And I felt really honored to hold that space. It was, it was not a burden entirely, but it was definitely a challenge. And it was my karmic duty, and it filled me with horror sometimes, but also a super deep sense of meaning to listen and witness and grieve and console. So after I had my own kids and I was in my late 20s, I decided to officially step on the path of the healer by becoming a polarity therapist and a massage therapist and I studied hypnotherapy and life coaching, and, and all of this was about showing up one-on-one -on -one for my clients, because that was safe. I knew how to do that really, really, really well. I had been doing it my whole life, and so I had a really full practice. I was very successful for many, many years, almost 18 years. Being in front of people in a classroom or in front of an audience became... It was a totally different story. Like that second grader in me, no matter how much healing work I've done around it, is still here. <laughs> She's still inside of me. And so I've had to learn how to be with her. I've had to learn how to listen to myself, like the way I listen to my clients. Because it just takes work to share our journey with others in a healing context. And it requires that we become comfortable with our own discomfort and we expand through our contractions and we trust in ourselves and in our support. And so through cultivating my own, I guess I would say spiritual support team and through doing my own work, conscious dream work, I've really endeavored to heal this. And the dream I'm going to be sharing today showed me that I hadn't, it wasn't gone. <laughs> and, you know, I think the point is that even though we can transform these, these old, long-standing fears, that we can, it's not really linear. So we get to like revisit that at different times and in different ways over and over again. And that doesn't mean that we didn't heal it before when we did that other session and everything seemed like totally healed after that. We have miraculous healings, total recovery from trauma all the time, but then something triggers it and we're back in, or we realize that 
we're still holding ourselves back in our lives in ways that we weren't aware of before because we've gained a new level of capacity and we have grown. And it's hard to notice our own growing, but it's always happening. We're always evolving. And energy never really dies. It doesn't just end. Things don't ever come to total completion. They just transform. And that's just a truth of how energy works and everything is energy, fundamentally. So I'm going to be explaining a little bit about conscious dream work as I share this dream. But I wanted to give you this context because I think that we can all relate on some level, especially if we are on the healer's path in some way, whether that's just healing ourselves or feeling called to show up and share that healing with others. We're all moving through our own healer's journey and our own hero's journey as well. And it's not always easy <laughs> and it's not always pretty, but we can change the dream of our lives through conscious dream work. Conscious dream work involves working with both your night dreams the dreams that happen when you're asleep in a REM state of sleep. And also when you wake up, it involves not just thinking about the dream or talking about the dream from a psychological perspective, but also re-entering the dream through a form of active meditation. A lot of those practices have come out of shamanic journey work. So this is something people have been doing for ever. <laughs> as long as people have been around and they've been dreaming, they've been sharing their dreams. And in many, many cultures throughout history, dreams have been an important part of the sort of village experience, right? And the sharing of dreams has been a really valuable way to acknowledge what's going on in you know, or what could be coming, right? Because we dream beyond time and space. We dream with and to people who have departed and or animals or to the land or beings beyond this realm. And we also dream things from the past as though they are in the present. And we dream things in the future. We dream prophetically all the time, happens all the time. And and there's been, there have been many prophetic dreams that have led to inventions and all kinds of important discoveries. So it's, it's really cool when you start researching dream work throughout history to recognize that it has a really valuable place. And we've kind of lost that in our current culture. So part of the aim of this podcast is to bring that back, to share our dreams and to not only share them from the perspective of what is going on psychologically, but to look deeper into the energetic realm and to take it down through the elements in the polarity model that I will be sharing and unpacking for you today, we can really get a deeper read and a, and a much deeper understanding. And when we 
meet our dreams in that way, even the ones that seem ridiculous and small and nonsensical. Sometimes those are the most potent dreams. <laughs> and you would be surprised if once you start actually tracking them and paying attention, it's incredible. Like there's the tiniest little thing and it opens up a whole world uh, of healing potential, not only for you, but we also dream for one another. And so there's a few things I wanted to sort of set the stage for as you listen to this podcast going forward. And I wanted to invite you to listen to the dream as though it were your own. So it's a really good bedside manner, if you will, when you listen to someone's dream to offer reflection as though it were your dream. So that way you're sort of taking it on and trying it on and offering a possibility as it would resonate for you. And that means they can kind of take that or leave it. And you're not really imposing anything on them, any advice or, oh, your dream means this. And one thing I love about elemental dream work is that we're not really as interested in looking at what a dream dictionary might say or what somebody else interprets these, these symbolic things that happen in your dream, we're really more interested in the, the true direct guidance that we can gain from re-entering the dream through conscious dream work or through the conscious dream of our waking lives, which engages synchronicity and phenomenology as a way of reading your dream because we're not only dreaming when we're asleep our waking life is, in a way, another version of the dream. So it's really powerful when we do start to share our dreams or listen to other people's dreams to listen as though it were your own, because the illusion is that we are alone and dreaming by ourselves. But the truth is we are all connected. We are all one dreamer. And it's our waking life that is the, the illusion of separation, right? So if we kind of imagine as we listen to the dream that it's it's for you there's something for you in this there's some medicine here for you in hearing it and as you try it on for yourself and you can notice what what resonates for you not only in my words or in the words of whoever is sharing a dream on the show down the road but also what's happening in your body and what do you feel? What are the sensations that you notice? And what's happening in the environment around you? And so by paying attention to the sort of synchronicity and phenomenology of the space and your body and what memories or thoughts or emotions are triggered for you, you can really, you can get some, some juice from this. And this could be for you, for your life. It, it really, there's always something. In every dream I've listened to, there's something I can take away. And sometimes it's really potent. And sometimes the dreamer doesn't even really get as much out of it as the person who listens to the dream. <laughs> sometimes we are literally dreaming for each other. So now I'm going to explain the elemental dream work process. There are five elements that relate to the five physical chakras in the body. And the first one that we're that we come to is ether. And ether is the throat chakra. 
And so it relates to the container and the space. It's the highest vibratory element in the five elements. So energy steps down from the finer frequencies to the denser, and it begins its involutionary process with the ether element. And the ether in dream work is sort of the, it's the stage, if you will, it's the container for the dream. And so it could include the context of the dream. Maybe you had a conversation the day before, before you had the dream that's influencing it. Or it could be that you seeded the dream and that would be considered part of the ether phase of the elemental dream work model. So seeding your dreams is a way of incubating an intention. It's a way of divining information from your dreams. And so when I went to sleep last night, I seeded my dream for the podcast. I incubated my dream by asking for some guidance to come through my dream as to what to record for my very first session. I knew I wanted to share something personal to start and initiate this podcast. And so I asked for a dream to, to give me something to share and, or to guide me around what and how to share. And I got a dream. (laughs) So, don't always, we don't always get the dream right away or if the dream doesn't always make sense in the context of what we're asking for. But it is my belief that we always get the dream we need in the right timing and the dream that we have the capacity for. And sometimes we ask for a dream, but we don't have the room to receive or digest or process that information. And so we get something else and maybe we get Or maybe we get a a really scary dream or a nightmare and we think, oh my gosh, that has nothing to do with what I wanted to dream about but or what I was asking for, but it always does. And from the ether, we move down into the air element and that's related to the heart chakra. And the heart chakra and the air element actually rules our mental capacity. That's where we look at the dream consciously, where we share the dream verbally and talk about it and think about it or write it down. That's the phase of elemental dream work where we're communicating what the dream was and just thinking about it. So I want to say, I want to insert here that I really believe that a lot of dream work out there kind of stops with the air. We you know, a lot of times people share a dream and then they think about what the symbology of the dream might mean as it might be written in a dream dictionary or some school of thought or some psychological interpretation. And I think that there's a lot of value in looking at the dreams that way, but I don't think it ends there. I think that's just one layer. And in the elemental dreamwork model, that's really only the second layer <laughs> that we're unpacking. There's three more <laughs> that happen below this. So we, we go a, l- a little deeper. And since we're in the air, I'm going to go ahead and share the dream with you and share my mental interpretation. And then I'll return to the dreamwork process. And then I'll share with you how I interpreted this dream through the other three elements, which are the fire, 
water, and earth. working this new job and I didn't really actually know what the job was in the dream but all I know is I was doing some laundry <laughs> and I had even forgotten to like change over my laundry and I said to my boss I'm like well oh, I'm not really doing a very good job here I guess this is some kind of laundromat I'm not sure but whatever it was I wasn't really doing anything and I wasn't even remembering to switch over my own laundry and the boss in the dream was like, oh, it's okay. Your resume is so fantastic. And you've been doing this for seven years of experience. I mean, who cares that you didn't change the laundry? You're doing great. You don't have to do anything. So I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. I like this job. <laughs> I don't have to do anything but be myself. And then I looked outside and I saw that there were all these men with guns outside, big guns. And I could see that there was a scuffle going on and they had somebody pinned up against a wall. All these men were against one man who was unarmed. And I was really worried. So I asked the boss lady, have you called the police? And she's like, oh yeah, but they don't care and they won't come. And so I'm, so I step outside the door and I'm watching this and it looks like a sort of nice residential street. And I see this Ethiopian man. I knew in the dream that he was Ethiopian. He was a star marathon runner. And he had these giant heels, like he was barefoot and his heels were really large. And I remember seeing that being just like, wow, amazed because I thought, oh, that must mean give him extra speed. And he was clearly a star marathon runner. And, and in the dream, these people that had the guns, I couldn't see any of their faces. I don't know who they were or what, what they were there for. But they were all um, standing around him. And this is the kind of intense part, just warning you. They, they moved away and I could see that the man was, the marathon runner was on his hands and knees and he was chewing. And I think they had been beating him up or something. And I thought, oh my gosh, what is he chewing on? And then the boss lady told me, oh, they cut out his tongue and they're making him chew it up and eat it. And if he doesn't, then they're going to kill him. And that's terrifying. <laughs> I'm so sorry I had to even say that out loud. It was so gross and it was so scary. And so of course I woke myself up at that point. And, um, you know, one of my favorite lines from Robert Moss, who's one of my dream teachers is that, uh, nightmares are really only unfinished dreams they're always just unfinished dreams. And if we were to be brave enough to finish the dream, it wouldn't be a nightmare anymore because our nightmares are almost always 
where the medicine is. They're showing us our own power, our own potential. But that's scary. And so we create blocks, right? Energetic blocks around the things that scare us, even though those are the things that we probably need to face the most. So I had an understanding of this in the dream when I woke up. I knew that there was potency in this dream for me. And I understood that that I was afraid of something. So I'm in the dream. I wake up. I'm terrified. And the first thing I think as I mentally interpret this dream is, oh, this is clearly about my own fear of sharing my voice, of speaking my truth, of being heard. And because I knew I was going to be recording this podcast today, I think that was the energy I was processing through my dream. And so I shared the dream with a friend of mine. And as I started to talk about it, I started to have a series of physical sensations. And in the elemental dreamwork model, the next layer of how to interpret your dream goes to the fire element. We just go from the air, which is the sharing of the dream, to the fire, which is the body and our physical intuition. And for me, as I started to unpack this dream and laid it out and communicated it, I started to go through a physical process. I got really hot. I started to feel like I was getting a headache uh, going up the left side of my neck into my head I felt like my heart was racing and I felt like I was very much in the felt experience of this energetic block that was really terror about speaking and sharing Um, and this you know this isn't new to me I've been doing my own work for a very long time and so I have processed this fear in many, many, many ways. And I know consciously where it comes from in my childhood. And I'm also related to some of the past life energy that's potentially tied up in this or maybe genetic memory as well. So it's not, it's complex. And I don't really think I could say I know exactly what it's all about, but I've processed this energy in many different ways. And that has gotten me to this point where I am a teacher and I do show up and I am speaking and sharing on a regular basis. So I've, I've come to really learn how to manage those fears and that, that has allowed me to get this far. But clearly this dream was showing me that there was yet another layer <laughs> to be worked through. And that's why our dreams are so awesome. So I was so grateful to have this nightmare, quote unquote, this unfinished dream, power dream, so that I could go back inside of the dream using dream reentry and talk directly with the characters of the dream and understand what I needed to do with it. So the first thing that I I learned that it was related to this old trauma and these old feelings because my body was showing me. I could feel the physical sensations that were coming up when I was talking about the dream. And that led me to 
really understand, oh, this feels like that old thing. This feels like it's in my nervous system. And that gave me a deeper understanding of, of what was related in this dream, what, what it was really about. And so the next layer down from there, from the fire, is the water. And the water element is the deeper intuitive knowing. It's also when we share the dream, we get reflection that happens in the water. So it's not just the telling of the dream or me tuning into it with my body. Now I've shared it and I can look to the other person I shared it with or to the world and the phenomena that's happening in the space and the synchronicities or conversations or songs on the radio that happen later. All of that is now feedback and it's helping me to get an even deeper understanding of what my dream means. So we're also processing the energy of each of these elements, each of these chakras. So for me, in this dream, as I unpack the sort of water element aspect and I look into my intuition and to the feedback I got from the dream, I really heard from my friend in the moment that I should share this dream as a dream action, you know, that, that this would be part of my own process of healing and that I needed to trust that if I asked for a dream, that's the dream that came, that that's the dream that needs to be shared and trust the sharing, you know, of it. Because as I said before, the dream is not only for me. There's something in this dream for you if you try it on as your own. There might be some resonance here and some reason why you're, you're taking this in in this moment. And the healing that's available for me in my process is also available for you. And so I did re-enter this dream and I did ask for feedback, for resource from the characters in the dream. And the woman that was my boss in the dream said, oh yeah, you've been doing this for seven years. That's a pretty specific number. So clearly I wanted to contemplate, you know, well, what, what happened seven years ago? <laughs> and when I looked into, when I look back about seven years ago was when I first started having these dream initiations and I was being urged from my guides and my dreams to write a book called Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine. And that was about seven years ago-ish that I was really working it. I think the initial dream came a little before that, but you know, I was really deep in the work at that point. So you could say I could put that on my resume and say I've been, <laughs> I've been working this pretty hard through the polarity elements that that's been about seven years of a, a body of work. So that was cool. That was reassuring. I'm like, cool. All right. I got this. I don't, you know, I'm qualified and I don't really have to work too hard. <laughs> Apparently. So, so that was good. That was sort of putting me at ease, maybe. I think have that on some level, this, this questioning of, of, or, or doubting of our own ability to, to not just be an authority, but to have something worth listening to and to be able to be of service through that. And that's my intention. 
not necessarily to stand here as an authority, but to to empower other people to work with their dreams and to work with their energy system and to to recognize that these are innate abilities that we all have. We're all intuitive and we all have these abilities. And in my dream, vision, mission is that, you know, we all wake up to that and and then we're we're using our sensitivities and cultivating them for the greater good instead of brushing them off or denying them or hiding them. Also, the, the runner in the dream, the marathon runner, I thought in the dream, I'm like, well, what is, I asked, you know, what is a runner? What is a marathon runner? What is this runner? And what I heard was this was, this was an excellent runner. This was a runner who was, um, who would come in first place in the Olympics or something, right? This was like, this runner was built to run. Their body was made for it. They had special giant heels, which I can't imagine would actually be helpful in running, but in the dream, they were. And this runner had uh, had this inherent quality of fitness that, that they were just born to be a, a winning runner. And But also, they were dedicated to training, Right? They weren't just like, oh, I could just go run a marathon tomorrow if I wanted off my couch and to the road. But they were dedicated to training and to, and they worked hard to be that star runner. And why was, why was this team of bad guys with guns trying to harm this runner? You know, like what was that about? And so I asked that question in the dream. And as soon as I asked that question, I was drawn into, I was drawn outside and I felt suddenly so protective. I felt like, well, this is my dream. And since I'm awake going back into it, I can do whatever I want and I'm going to change this dream and I'm not going to let them cut out this guy's tongue. Like that's totally not cool. I don't want that to happen. It's disturbing. It's gross. And it's painful and it's unkind and all of the reasons why (laughs) I'm like saying no no you're not going to do that and so I went and I stood in front of the runner and I was like I just opened my mouth and screamed and yelled and it was like this giant wind came out of my mouth and these scary soldiers with guns turned into little toy plastic soldiers and as my the sound and the potency of my own voice carried forth they just blew into dust and they were nothing they were just figments of my own imagination my own fear my own shadow they were parts of me that were just bullying this this other part of myself that was strong and capable and built for this. And I then merged myself with that runner and I became the runner and my, I felt my, my mouth intact and my voice was clear and I felt like these amazing heels that I had and I thought, oh, I know how to walk my soul path right? The soles of my heels, my soul path. I felt like I could trust myself 
that I could go the distance and that no matter what obstacles or, or resistance came up, I had the fitness and the will and the drive and the inherent ability to meet that. And I felt so empowered. And so that was very healing for me. And as you imagine being this runner and knowing that your, your body is designed for this, whatever it is in your life that you want to accomplish, whatever the finish line is, whatever the long race is, and you know that you, that you have that capacity to do that. And for me, stepping into this dream and using my voice to stand up for this person um, who was me was really what it was all about. Rather than giving that up, rather than choking on my own words, rather than eating my own words, rather than um, allowing myself to bully myself into submission and to never speak up or put this out to be that afraid of my own power, really. Uh, that's just not an option. And I just want to offer that for you, that, that we can go back in consciously and change the dream. And by so doing, we are then changing that energy. I, when I was telling the dream in the air element to my friend and I was just communicating it and thinking about what it meant, I was feeling all of these physical symptoms coming up of anxiety and I recognized that this was a block this was a block in my in my ether in my throat chakra in my mouth in my words in my ability to share and be heard and seen and witnessed and to trust in my own medicine to share a, a container for other people to step in and share their dream and their story and their potency. And hopefully maybe even you could write in and share a dream or come on the show and share a dream. I'm, I'm here for that. So as I initiate this podcast with this dream, I just want to acknowledge that it's a, it is a vulnerable thing to share your dream. And it's a little less vulnerable when we remember that the dream is not only for us, that it's not only ours, and that we're not so special. We all have some relatable way of making that dream our own, and that there is medicine for, for each other in this sharing. As I bring this dream to a close, I just wanted to share a little bit about the earth element. And the earth is the final landing place. It's the densest of each of the five elements. So earth is really about how, does, how do we honor the closure of something, the completion of it, the transformation, and how do we take action around that in our lives to bring it from the other world into this world and to really honor what we have gained and learned. If somebody calls you in a dream, then you call them back. <laughs> that would be a, 
some way to honor the dream. And when you do that work of honoring the dream, it really invites your dreaming to be more communicative and more accessible. So it's worth honoring the dream with ritual or action that feels uh, supportive for you. And in conclusion of this dream for me, the action that I wanted to take to really earth this dream was to record this podcast (laughs) and to just show up and be as authentic and raw as humanly possible and to invite my guides and allies to stand with me and to use my own experience and my own healer's journey as an example and a teaching because it's your journey too. It's just a reflection. We're all just mirrors for each other. And we all have these incredible examples to offer. So thank you so much for listening. This is the conclusion of the first episode of A Lone Traveler's Guide to the Divine. And if you feel called to support this podcast, to subscribe or join our community membership, you can go and find out more information and free resources and a blog post that accompanies this episode at elevationhive.com. Thank you for sharing, subscribing, following us on social media, and thank you for listening and for being courageous enough to consider changing the dream of your life. We're all alone.